Chicago Lighthouse Media presents The Unseen Show Hosted by Sandy Morillo, Brett Shishkoff, and Michael Collin Mind unemployment rate is close to 70% So I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on why do you think that may be feel that in particular that people who are blind or vision impaired are steered towards a certain career? So if you feel you got discriminated against, who are you going to go to? Welcome everyone to another edition of the Unseen Show broadcast here from the Chicago Lighthouse at Chris Radio. I am Sandy Murillo. I am Brett Shishkoff. Mike Colang. And uh, joining on a mic this time, I'm Jose Martinez. Well, welcome everyone. And how's everyone been doing so far? I'm doing doing okay. I'm a little tired today. I'm recovering from another illness. Uh, So, you know, you kind of have like that hangover that you get after having like a flu bug or a cold. And it's like a day or two it takes for you to recover. That's what I'm in currently. That's, uh, I, I hope you get better. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about, you know, spring and all the graduations that are happening with people graduating from college and high school and grade school and sort of reflecting on when these guys were graduating from their respective uh, colleges and universities and moving into careers, mm-hmm. how it was the differing ways that people who are sighted and people who are blind and visually impaired sort of move into careers and it sort of struck a chord with this whole concept that people who are blind have a much higher rate of unemployment than people who are sighted. So I think we're approaching all-time national lows here at 4.5% about of uh, unemployment rate, but uh, nationally speaking, um, the blind unemployment rate is close to 70%. So I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on why do you think that may be and what causes the rift of those two numbers for me i've always said that it's there are certainly many factors but i i believe that the main one is the attitude that employers have towards people with blindness or other disabilities you know there are still different misconceptions um how are how is a blind employee going to even find his or her way to the restroom what will happen if they get hurt on the job. You know, these are all questions that maybe the employers have. And a lot of them have probably never met uh, someone who is blind or visually impaired. And they might not know where to look for information or, you know, resources. Or they might not know about the assistive technology and other tools that do exist um, to help us do our job. Um as efficiently as individuals who are sighted. So I know that that's my main um, point of view on this. So my opinion is that um, because people often don't know how to deal with a person who's blind, how to feel comfortable, how to handle, there's that. But then also when it comes to the quote-unquote rehab counselors, I feel that they are... Uh, best suited for general service jobs for <clears throat> for their clients. Uh, I was in I was uh, trying to go into a career in the arts uh, with music and sound recording, and then also minored in radio. 
And I felt like, although I was accommodated, I had some reasonable accommodations from my counselors and from the rehab agency, that they were basing it on my advice more so than on theirs. I felt like I didn't have much of an advocate. And part of it is my fault, and the other part was that just I didn't know where to look for it. I think I found all this stuff after I graduated and, like, years after I graduated and actually spoke to other people in my field who were blind. Yeah, your your background is similar to mine. Um, I actually went to school for recording engineering before I lost my sight, and then when I lost my sight, I tried to get back into doing that same thing. And so, yeah, the rehab counselors, they definitely want to try and guide you in other directions, customer service, something a little bit easier for them to kind of guide you towards that they know that at least there's some type of consistent wage. And sometimes that's not always the perfect fit for each person. So I think sometimes it is a little frustrating if someone's going out to try and get a job and the rehab counselors are kind of saying, well, these are the jobs that most other blind people are doing. This is what you should be doing. So if you don't have somebody who's advocating for you and what you're trying to pursue, it does make your life a little bit harder. So we've alluded to the fact that there seems to be, you know, whether it's a preconception or not, uh, the thought process that maybe people who are blind or visually impaired are working with a limited skill set. But obviously Sandy, you know, did journalism and both Brett and Jose both did technical things with, Mm -hmm. you know, with their college careers. So mm-hmm. what do you feel that in particular that people are, who are blind or visually impaired are steered towards a certain career? It does seem that way. There are a lot of organizations that seem to try and guide you one way or another. Um, it, there's lots of state jobs and stuff like that, federal jobs that yeah. they try and guide you towards. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you know, there is places like the Lighthouse, and they have specific types of jobs that they have for people who are blind and visually impaired. Um, you know, there are a wide variety of people here at the Lighthouse who are, that are in our IT department. Jose is one of them. We have uh, financial development, Sandy. I'm at Chris Radio. Carol um, Anderson from our legal clinic. Yeah, and so th- we have here at the Lighthouse a wide range of people who are able to do a lot of different things in a lot of different departments. And so I think that most other companies don't realize that we probably could be running departments in their organization. They just don't have the knowledge of knowing that we're able to keep up with most people just with some minor um, adaptations with technology. Do you feel like... You know, we talked earlier about the unemployment rate being so different and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of the idea that you can be pigeonholed into certain positions and everything. Do you feel like it's a level playing field or socially speaking that it's it's a fair job market for people who are blind or do you guys have differing views on that? Well, on one hand, I feel like, uh, no, I don't think it is a level playing field, but that we have some things in common with when it comes to cited employees number one i mean there are plenty of good old boy networks everywhere that that being if you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who trusts that what you do is uh, good for them can fit a job description or whatever and then you get into a position that you normally would have wouldn't have had an opportunity to get into or at least it would have been much harder i think that exists here in many many ways here in the blindness community 
And also, I think that there's certainly room for improvement, you know, to have an equal level playing field. But um, we have certainly come along quite a way. Uh, there is assistive technology that we use. You know, I know Brett, myself, Jose, we use um, different things like screen readers on our computers, uh, maybe Braille displays. We can use iPhones. And it's like I tell people, I've had people that say like, oh, technology is so amazing nowadays. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, for you, it helps you stay connected. But for me, it, it, it allows me to do a job that maybe 10, 20 years ago, I would not have been able to do. You know, I can do research, write grants, write our blog. So I think that in that sense, technology is, you know, starting to level the playing field, not just for blind people, but for other people with disabilities. Do you think that there's an issue with any sort of discrimination? I mean, you don't have to self-identify as someone with a disability when you're applying for a job. It's supposed to be that it's not supposed to be an issue. But I'm sure that all of you have had circumstances where maybe it was something that became an issue or at least maybe felt like it became an issue once you kind of got in towards that job. Is that something that is realistic in society or is that something that you think that people kind of just blow over because there is a subjectivity to it? I can definitely think of a time uh, where I at least thought that it is an issue. Um, After I graduated from college, I saw a posting for a freelance job, blogging, and, you know, that's always been one of the goals that I'm working towards, doing more freelance writing. So I looked at it and I saw, I'm like, you know, this will be a great, great opportunity. So I submitted my uh, resume, a cover letter. I did not mention um, that I had a disability in those materials. So then the, the... young lady who, you know, posted this job offer, she calls me. And during our conversation, you know, I mentioned that I myself have a disability, that I am blind. And, you know, it backtrack a little bit. When she called me, she was like, oh, I'm so impressed with your, you know, your background. I think you might be a great fit for this job. But then once I mentioned the blindness aspect I kind of noticed that she was a little hesitant and she told me like, Oh, I'll, I'll get back to you. Um, I still have to interview other people, but I'll get back to you. So, and I've had friends who have had similar experiences as well. well I, I myself had an experience when I actually was visually impaired where one of my supervisors basically uh, tried writing me up at the time uh, I was working uh, at Best Buy and um one of the managers asked me to go and help a customer in another department. And so I contacted this customer and I said, I got a hold of another person that was actually in that department. We had walkie talkies. And so I just let that person know that there was somebody by phones. They were looking for this specifically, uh, but I have to get back to my apartment because I was selling a few other things in my own department. Um, and so then my, that, that supervisor who asked me to help, he came up to me and he said, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And I said, I did. And he go, and so he ended up going, complained to another manager and they ended up taking me off to the side. And that supervisor, while we were separated, told me, he goes, you didn't want to fully 
help that customer because you can't read those tags and you feel like you're not able to uh, to help that customer because you're not your vision is getting in your way. And he like flat out said that. And I said, no, I'm like, I never let my vision get in the way of what I have to do. Sometimes I'll even ask a customer, you know, I can't quite read that, that word. Can you tell me what that says? I'll even have customers help me read it specifically. Or if I, if I, you know, I always had my magnifier on me. So I would just bring out my magnifier and read it right from the card or the back of the box to figure out what question they at they were asking if I had the time I would have done normally what I would do if it's slow as I would help the customers that I see throughout the store so it wasn't that I wasn't doing it because of my vision it was just that I had my own department that I was trying to take care of and I was contacting another person for somebody else who Mm -hmm. was busy as well so I was kind of trying to handle both things at the same time and he saw it as me just making an excuse for my vision and so I refused to sign that And it was an issue that, you know, he eventually lost his position because he was basically eventually it went to corporate and they basically deemed him discriminating against a person with a disability. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was a situation I had while I was visually impaired at Best Buy. So my question to you is like, okay, so you gave us an example of you were already there. You were working Mm -hmm. at Best Buy. Mm -hmm. You had a a structure. You had a chain of command that you could go to if you felt discriminated against. So for somebody who is applying for a job, Hmm. the question would be, well, all right, how much do you want the job? Do Mm -hmm. you really feel that you are qualified? And what makes you better than someone else? What makes you stick out? And that's what the job interviewers ask you. Right. You know, what makes you stick out over others? Why should we hire you? Which when I was in, you know, younger, my more idealistic phase, I thought, Hmm. well, that's really up to you. I can't answer that question. (laughs) But they expect you to. Right. So if you feel you got discriminated against, who are you going to go to? Mm. Who are you going to go to with that complaint if you're not in the job already? Uh, that's my question because, I mean, there could very well be answers. And I feel that, you know, sometimes we may not be educated as much on those answers. I really think that just to try and answer that question, I've never had to do it myself. But I would say that probably a good place to start would be like, you know, equip for equality, um, Maybe it's Access Living. Some of these organizations, maybe it's even National Federation of the Blind or American Council of the Blind. They might not help you directly or they might. You never know. Um, But they might be able to guide you to the people that can try and help you uh, get that resolved. If you really feel like it was something that happened to you, I think there are quite a few organizations out there now that are willing to help. We have a legal clinic here at the Lighthouse that is also maybe something that they could be able to guide you to the right direction. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of resources as long as you kind of have an idea of who you can contact. And with the internet, it makes it a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. You just have to know what search terms to put in there. And so uh, that would be my recommendation is try and start with one of those blind organizations. They would probably be a good starting point. Or if, depending on your disability, if it's not blind, maybe a deaf organization or other, uh, you know, veterans affairs. If you're a veteran, um, all those things, I think, are good places to start. It just it seems like Jose's touching on an important point, though, that there is such an inherent subjectivity to the interview and job, you know, acquisition process Mm -hmm. it does boil down to you know your resume who you know a personal gut feeling Mm -hmm. a fit and who's to say whether or not if there's two equally qualified candidates and one person happens to be blind and the other sighted 
how much that plays into the decision of who gets the job based and, on whether the employer's comfortable or not comfortable or what it may be. Yeah. And that's where I think that this, the discrimination is hard to prove. I mean, you know, how are you going to prove that the employee thought like, oh, this blind person, how is he going to do the job? You know, I don't see the employee, the employer admitting um, to this. I mean, it's a... It's touchy because the you know there there's obviously a difficulty in proving discrimination a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you very clearly have the skill set and the job, I guess this leads to another important question: Do you feel you know we were t- Jose was talking about advocacy earlier? Do you feel that the onus is more on the prospective job applicant who's blind to be? advocating for themselves and making sure that they're fighting to have the best possible chance? Or do you think it's more on the employer that they should be the ones who have to change and be ready for the new environment that includes people with disabilities? Well, I know for me, I'm extremely hard on myself. So like when I look at a job posting, I look at the job skills, requirements, all of that. And if I feel like I'm missing two or three, I don't like I don't feel like I'm good enough to apply. And that was even me when I was visually impaired. Like, I feel like I have to be the perfect fit. And that's not always the case. I, I think a lot of times that's m- maybe what we do with ourselves is we put so much pressure on ourselves to have every single skill and requirement for that job. But also we we should be able to give ourselves a little bit of slack knowing that we could learn those things. And that might be something that they'd be willing to train you in um, if you are able to hit all those other th- skills and requirements that that job has. I just think that it really is it just comes down to are you willing to put in that effort and that time and you have to show that when you're there and then i think also after the fact like sending a letter or calling them back and thanking them for their time like those are all professional things that most people are kind of taught in college like i had career like advancement or career opportunities type class that they kind of tell you how what the way to do certain things to be able to put your best foot forward and that was one thing that they always did is try and do a follow-up the day later you know even when you leave that day Mm -hmm. you put in the mailbox a thank you letter for for them meeting with you and so if you're able to do those things that everybody else is doing Hopefully they're seeing that you're you're doing you're having some type of initiative because not everybody does that. Not everybody puts a thank you letter in the mail or calls them back the next day and thanks them for the opportunity to meet with them. Like these are things that maybe we take for granted now. Um, But I I think that that it has a little bit of onus on us as the person. But I think also from the employer side of it, there needs to be a little bit more effort to be willing to just let us come in the door and show them what we're capable of. I think depending on the uh, type of work or the profession, you have to know what it is uh, that they expect of you Mm -hmm. when it comes to working with technology, if there is technology. Uh, And so then you, I would say it's up to you as the, potential employee to do the research that you need to do to find out what you need to be accessible Mm -hmm. or how you can make something accessible yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's important, I think, to have a a copy of your your own copy of the screen reader of your choice. Mm -hmm. And in these days, I think it's important to have multiple ones if you can. Uh, I have JAWS and NVDA. I have a license for JAWS and I keep it up to date because I never know when I may be working someplace where I will need to use it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or whatever your magnification software is or whatever, you know, if, if you're thinking about getting cochlear implants, if, you know, if you're hard of hearing or deaf, that's important. And it's important that you come to the employer Prepare. and tell them mm-hmm. what it is that you can do to remedy your situation. Because it is going to come up whether you tell them in the beginning or whether they see that you have a disability. It is going to come up. And I think it's important that you be ready for that. Yeah, you have oh, to come. Absolutely. You have to come prepared with. How, you have to already be expecting these questions, mm-hmm. even though they're not. They're not technically supposed to ask what type of disability you have. Obviously, when we walk in the room with either a guide dog or a cane, that kind of sticks out. So you should already, as a person with a disability, be able to come in already ready in some way or another to kind of show them what you're capable of. Maybe it is literally taking out your laptop and showing them you know what a screen reader is what it does what it's capable of doing and how fast you're able to maneuver around because sometimes i i realize now from being sighted to not sighted i'm able to navigate windows or my mac faster with a screen reader than i was using a mouse point and click like i move a lot faster now than i did with my sight so sometimes they don't realize that there's quick keys that get you to where you need to go a lot faster. And so I might actually be more productive than somebody else who's sighted, who's literally point and click to do the same job that I just use these couple keystrokes and I'm able to do it in half the time. I thought you brought up a really good point. Get to know your screen reader as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not a 100% practitioner of that either. So that goes for me as well. Right. No, but th- that's a great point about us. Really what it comes down to is, ourselves knowing what we are capable of what um how to accomplish certain things how to explain how to tell employers you know what we can do and even on the job you know i've had instances here that were even though i work at the lighthouse you know my coworkers might ask like oh what's the best way for me to send you this information or Mm -hmm. if i'm revising a document what's the best way for me to you know give you my feedback my comments and so, you know, I still find myself having to to um, tell individuals, you know, oh, the, if you can email me the comments or maybe we can sit down and talk through the comments. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a skill that, you know, no matter what, if you're employed, if you're uh, looking for a job, that's a skill that people who are blind and with other disabilities I think one of the things that it, it really does show about people with disabilities is how much we have to adapt and Mm -hmm. communicate because we have to continually try and teach the people around us how we're able to communicate with them, how we're able to Mm -hmm. just do our daily activities. And so I think a lot of it is us learning from the people around us, but also us teaching a lot to the people around us as well, because they're not used to having people with disabilities around. and, And that's where we come in. And I think that's where we're giving a different perspective, even in that workplace to maybe helping their customers further. And so I think that's really what it comes down to is like when we start to get into these places of employment and they see the different perspective of like how we're able to work more efficiently in a certain way. Maybe that actually helps with the efficiency with everybody else in the, in that work environment. And so I don't think we really slow anyone down per se. I think that we just do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, you know, societally employers are ready to take on more of an ownership of employing people who are blind and disabled 
and visually impaired and you know is 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 it still feel like there's like there's progress that is unmade or does it feel like you're hearing more and more in in the blind community say that there is accessibility to to other options to newer options to to different places there's lots of stories that we read on a regular basis us being a reading service and we have a here at the lighthouse um you know, like blindness in the news and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So we read up on these certain uh, people who are doing things that we didn't expect, you know, artists being able to do blind photography or mm-hmm. an artist being able to do, you know, a visual medium uh, of them doing their own art. And so uh, I think every day we're actually noticing that there is a new field we're entering um, that no one really thought that we were able to actually be a part of. And so I really think that there are companies that are moving in that direction, but it's still such a small percentage of the workforce and and specifically like technical jobs. Um, You know, your programming, engineering, those specific jobs are still, I think, relatively limited. But I I think that a lot of these companies like Apple's a big one, Google, Amazon, Mm -hmm. all of them are trying to figure out ways to adapt what they do for the blind and visually impaired. And so they're also hiring people with those disabilities that they're trying to market towards to be able to both have that in their workplace to get a different perspective, but also to be able to try and just have that input of how do we move forward to be able to include everybody. And so there is still a lot of companies that have lots of a lots of work to do, but we need the biggest companies in the world, the Facebooks, all of them, to be the advocates with us. And I think they're trying very, very hard to adapt what they do for the blind and visually impaired to be in the workplace with them. I think that if um, you know large companies like Apple, Google, Amazon keep. Uh, their wonderful initiative of hiring people with disabilities. I can only hope that smaller companies will see them as role models and follow in their footsteps. You know, a small IT company might say like, oh, Apple hired a blind person or uh, Microsoft is hiring individuals with autism. You know, this this might work for us as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one can only hope. I, I think that um, I think for this to work, what needs to happen in society is that to have a, more of a general tolerance or acceptance mm-hmm. of uh, people with disabilities as people first in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little anecdote that uh, like I was watching a story. It was like a news report or something about the winter in Canada. I believe it was Saskatoon. And they cut to one of my friends who is blind but not once did they mention that she was blind they didn't even go out of their way to say you know let's go to or they 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 just cut to her in in an interview just mm-hmm. less, as if she was another talking head yeah they just That's cut great. to her right then and there she came and went mm-hmm. and that sent a big message to me it was just like wow yeah. she's normal she's yeah. she's an everyday person for me, the biggest compliment that someone has given me uh, since I've lost my sight is, I didn't even know you were blind. Yeah, That's honestly that one the of the biggest compliments that I've had people tell me because, like, I'll have conversations with them and I'll look at them or I'll, I'll show them how to do something, give them directions, whatever. 
And they're like, are you sure you're blind? Because you know so much detailed information about this specific area that I, I'm just surprised. You, you honestly, I, I, I would think that you are fully sighted or that you're fully capable of doing anything that I'm able to do. And I said, well, I am. I just do it a little bit differently than you. And so that's really what I think a lot of us are just looking for is to kind of just prove that we are able to do as much as anyone else. We just do it differently and have a little bit of tools in our back pocket that we try and use to help us get to that end point. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, obviously here we work in a very integrated workforce, but that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. Some people might end up being the first blind employee of a company or something like that. And do you guys feel like the need that people with disabilities need to work that much harder to, you know, prove themselves and, you know, feel that they've made it, that there is that much more that they have to do than their sighted peers or than their able-bodied peers? And that is something that is kind of a difficulty maybe perhaps that some people face i uh, i can answer this firsthand um so many times where i feel like oh god i have to uh, i have to go to them again for something i don't want to be a burden if anything i just don't want to be a burden and part of it was the the job i'm in and the other part was oh you know what the screen reader just crapped out on me or it can't read this program. It doesn't work with this program. I'm I'm turning one off, turning another on. And then at the same time, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I cannot waste time. I've got to do something mm-hmm. quickly or I've got to do something promptly. So I, I have to figure this out right away. It's like putting my my adaptability, my engineering skills that I've, you know, that I've honed over time because of my disability, putting that to the test over and over again and it, it, most thing it's just like I don't want to be a burden I think for me I kind of have always had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder like no matter what I've done I've always felt like I have to work just that little bit harder to keep up with everybody else and and so sometimes it's to the chagrin of the people around me because it ends up when I feel like I have to work harder than everybody else they're not going as far as I think they are going to go so I end up bypassing them sometimes and that gets them a little frustrated but that's not so much I don't think on me that's just me feeling like if I'm getting paid for a specific job I feel like I should be putting my best foot forward and so I do believe that for myself at least I am a person who now that I'm blind I feel like I have a lot to prove And that not just to the people around me, but just to myself of like, I knew the person I was before. I want to try and be at least as good as I was before. And that's something that my orientation mobility trainer had to kind of like remind me of is you're not going to exactly be the same person you were when you were sighted when I was learning mobility and orientation. She, she just gave me that kind of like, kind of smack me in the back of the head to wake me up kind of, Hey, it's going to take time for you to learn these things, but once you learn them, they're going to become second nature. So just give yourself a break. If you asked for help when you were sighted, it's okay to ask for help when you're not sighted. Everybody asks for help at some point. It's us having to try to swallow our pride a little bit. And so it's that's where it, I think if you're asking for too much help and you're slowing everybody else down, that's hard. That That's really difficult. But if it's just, okay, you're once every seven months your screen reader goes down on you and you need somebody to read something really quick for you you haven't asked for that much help before 
I think it's okay. Like, we have to be okay at some point. We are human, and we need other people to help us be able to get certain things done. That's why we have multiple people work at a specific company and not just one person that does everything. So Yeah, I've always felt that as people with uh, blindness uh, in particular, we do have to, in order to be successful, you know, not to, not just on the job, but in life in general, there are times where we do have to work um, twice as hard. I think, you know, it's important from, you know, my perspective too, someone who is sighted who works with a variety of blind and visually impaired individuals, you know, you realize very quickly, even coming from an environment where I had never worked with someone who was blind or visually impaired before, sure. that the capabilities are out of this world. You know, people who are blind or visually impaired can and do do the things that everybody does. And it isn't about seeing someone as the difficulty their disability might provide, but as we've talked about multiple times, that they are just people doing the same job you are. Mm-hmm. So it really shouldn't be about that. Um, do you guys have any sort of final thoughts, brief final thoughts about, you know, advice for employers or prospective people who are job seekers who might be blind and kind of what, you know, words of encouragement or something of that nature? Look at the person, not at the disability. <laughs> yeah, I think really for me, I think for the employers, I think you might be surprised on what doors it opens up when you bring in somebody with a disability. Uh, it helps you to maybe broaden your your look or your reach on what you guys are capable of doing because I know for myself, when I lost my sight, it was an entire world that I basically didn't even realize existed and the things that I do now and how I do them and how it's had to force me to just look a different way on how to do my job of like how I would be able to do recording engineering or even just typing up a document for someone in email. Like it makes me, the screen reader actually makes me be a little bit more cautious because when it messes up something, it messes Mm -hmm. up pretty badly. So I'm able to actually know my mistakes a lot easier when I'm proofreading. And so that's something that's pretty interesting is that it's, it's caused me to slow myself down and not just, you know, type something out and then realize that I maybe after I sent something, I missed an entire sentence because I was typing way too fast and my brain didn't catch up. So I think that's that's for me is for employers, that would be the big thing. And for someone who's looking for a job, I would just say, keep at it. Like we all get a lot of no's and all you need is one yes. So for me, I would say, uh Get the job that you can. Like, if you see an opportunity, go for it. If it's not your ideal opportunity, your job, or whatever, go for it anyway. And if you if there's something that is seems off about it, but they're they're offering it to you, and if you can live with it, if you can be happy enough with it, or if it's a, a way to get your foot in the door, that's a good way to put it. Go for it because you might not have it again. And I know that from personal experience. It's one of the reasons why I'm probably not working in radio today. Because I turned down an opportunity that I should have taken. I, I, I agree to a certain extent to what you said. I do believe that you should do what you can support. I don't think you should go into a, a, a specific 
task or a job. I had an opportunity to work on a movie and it was very, it was like a horror snuff type, almost porn film. And I myself knew where I wanted to go. And I wanted to work for Pixar at some point. I wanted to be able to do the biggest movies in the world. And I felt like doing this type of snuff film, if I wanted to go into working on these bigger films, this could really affect the type of movies that I would actually be offered. If I worked on something like this once, that I potentially could be working on that for the rest of my life. So I, I do agree with you. As long as that company is doing something that you believe in, that is not going to have you swallow your morals, yes, accept that position. But if, they, if they're going to be forcing you to do something that really makes you feel bad about yourself, I don't agree with taking a job that really is going to make you really feel bad every day that you wake up going there. Well, I want to thank everyone for uh, the great conversation and for thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, this has been another episode of The Unseen Show. I'm Mike Colling. I'm Sandy Murillo. I am Brett Shishka. And I'm Jose Martinez. And we'll catch you next time.